Well, good morning. Hey, I'm glad you're here today. If you would, reach in your bulletin and take your study guide out. Grab a pen and a clipboard from the book rack. And uh, let's get into our discussion this morning. Today we're going back to uh, our infrequent series called Frequently Asked Questions. And we just deal with this when God brings something up. A couple of weeks ago I was talking with... uh, a guy uh, here in our church seated in the auditorium this morning and uh, he, he asked me a question. He's only been here, he and his wife, probably less than a year, but uh, he made a statement and then asked a question. He said, I know that Miles Strait is a church that's involved in missions and I can tell that because of the amount of money that this church gives to missions, but I really don't know how your mission program works. Would you tell me a little bit about it? And uh, as I was standing there talking with him about our mission program, it dawned on me. And I think it was God beginning to implant some thoughts in my heart. You know what? Our church has grown a lot over the last few years. A lot of people have come in who probably are in the same situation. Know probably that we have a mission program, but do not know much about it, how it works. And so this morning, our frequently asked questions will deal with the matter of missions Not only the missions that we find recorded in the Word of God, how it is to operate according to God, but how Miles Strait does it as well. So if you will, stay close to me here on this discussion. I want to begin by simply defining the word mission. The word mission. The word mission, and this is my definition, I'm not... uh, I'm not 100% sure that everyone that gives a definition of mission would line up with me exactly, but, you know, so they're wrong. It's okay. They have a right to, to be that way. But uh, the definition, as I, as I believe, I think that it is declaring the glory of God by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Declaring the glory of God by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, what an important thing this is. Isaiah uh, chapter 43 and verse 7 says that we were created for the glory of God. So the very purpose of our existence, if you were looking for a reason to live, a reason to exist, right here it is. We were created for the glory of God, to give God glory. Now, the way that works in missions is that through sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, we glorify God. So then through sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with others, both here and around the world, we are fulfilling, partially at least, fulfilling the purpose that God has created us to fulfill. Now, that makes life much easier. When we're actually fulfilling the purpose that God has given us to fulfill, then all of a sudden there is a sense of satisfaction in life. You may be going through life. I remember being there myself, searching for satisfaction, for fulfillment, a way to fill that emptiness inside of you in many different fronts, on many different levels, and you're trying in just about everything you can possibly imagine to try. And yet what you find time and time again is that there's no lasting satisfaction there. Well, I can tell you that satisfaction and fulfillment, continual lasting satisfaction, is found in glorifying God. So that when we share the message of Jesus Christ with others, there is a satisfaction because we are accomplishing what we've been created to accomplish. That is so important. Now... 
with that thought in mind, now let's move into our questions because I want to just hit these one, two, three. What we're going to see is that they build upon each other. Each question becomes more important as we establish a framework and a little bit of building on top of it. Each question continues to grow us. And we'll begin this just simply by asking the question, is missions a man-made idea or is it an idea from God. Your first fill-in, point number one, question number one. Is missions a man-made idea or is this an idea that comes from God? What an important question to ask, right? Because if this is just a man-made idea, I mean, if this is something that I would look at and I would say, you know what, uh, God created us to glorify Him, and one way we can do it in the matter of missions is by sharing the message of Jesus Christ. So then, let's orchestrate this together. Let's work on this. Let's implement a program by which we're going to be missionaries wherever we are. We're going to be missionaries, and therefore, we will fulfill our purpose in the process. You may look at that and say, well, okay, that's a good idea, but it may also affect how deeply engaged you are in that idea because it's man-made. It's not... God's idea and therefore there's nothing necessarily binding you to it may be a good idea may not be anything wrong with it but it doesn't necessarily bind you to it but if on the other side of this we look at it and we say you know what that's not the case this is God's idea God orchestrated it he implemented it he directs he commanded and therefore it changes to where it's no longer optional it's a requirement I have to be involved in mission. I have to be involved in declaring the glory of God by sharing the message of Jesus Christ. This is something that I am required to do if this is an idea that comes from God. So then which is it? Man-made idea or an idea that comes from God? You know, you don't have to read through Scripture very long until you start seeing a, a repeating theme and that is God directing us to the heart of mission. I'm not going to try to read all the verses in the Bible. We'd be here for a long time. And all the verses that deal with mission. But what I do want to do is give you a few. And what I'd like for you to do is just jot the references down. You can go back when you get home and read through them. Verify that I'm telling you the way it is in the Word of God. The first one is 1 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 24. 1 Chronicles 16, 24 says, Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among all peoples. Psalm 96, verses 2 and 3. Psalm 96, verses 2 and 3. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Proclaim His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among all peoples. Matthew 24, 14. Jesus says here, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus also speaking says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Mark 16, 15, Jesus once again said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, 
You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Jesus once again talking. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Acts 13, 47. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. That you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, that's just a small sampling of what we find as we study the Word of God and we read through it. So then is missions a man-made idea or is it an idea that was established, created, ordained, and commanded by God? Certainly we see that this is an idea that comes from God. Now is that really that big of a deal? Yes, it really is that big of a deal. Because God has orchestrated a way by which he will deliver the message, the great news of the death and resurrection of his son, by which Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the price of our sin, died in agony, accepting the wrath and judgment of Almighty God upon himself to pay the price of our sin whereby we might be forgiven. This is God's plan to deliver that message to all people. And so is it that important? It most definitely is that important. This is a plan that comes directly from God. So then the second question, I think, is just simply logical. I mean, it would just be a natural follow-up to what the first question indicated. If this is God's plan, then what I want to know is, does Miles Strait do missions, and if so, how? Does Miles Strait do missions? Does Miles Strait have a means by which we collectively work together to accomplish mission or uh, or is that not the case for Miles Strait? But if it is the case, then how do you go about doing it? Now, in just a couple of minutes when we get to question number three, we're going to detail this out on a very personal level. Okay? So allow me here just to simply say, yes, Miles Strait has a plan for doing missions. Last year... Not that this is everything, we'll see when we get to question number three, but last year our church gave around $250,000 to missions to take the message of Jesus Christ around the world to fulfill the purpose that God has placed upon our church to bring Him glory. And so, yes, we believe in missions. And how do we go about that collectively? Well, back in the early 60s, early to mid-60s, it was 63 or 64, I'm not positive which year my dad had a vision for our church and the matter of missions and he established what we now have and that is our mission giving and our mission attendance to our missionaries being uh, primarily through our Sunday school classes our Bible Sunday morning Bible studies and our Sunday school classes his mindset, and I think it is so right on the mark, so brilliantly done. His mindset was that what we needed to do was from the very earliest stages of life, get our children involved supporting missionaries, knowing missionaries, praying for missionaries, finding out what's going on in their ministries. And so from the very oldest of people in our church to the very youngest, each class associated with those age groups have missionaries that they support. 
The very young, even our nurseries, by the way, have a missionary that they support. And it's so important that we engage, even as children, what God is doing through the matter of missions around the world so that even our children begin to develop a heart for missions. Develop a heart for what God is doing around the world, for what God is doing right here in our own area. And there are some of our classes, the younger ones have a missionary that they support. Some of our older groups and uh, adult classes have uh, tens and twenties of missionaries that they support, that they're part of, they're actively involved with. What an incredible deal. It's a big deal. So then, this is God's plan. Mile straight certainly does missions, but then we need to come down to question number three. Because question number three brings us to my role. What is my role in missions at Mile Straight? What is my role in missions at Mile Straight? Because here's the thing. Too, too many times people assume, well, our church collectively is doing a lot for missions. So then I'm kind of excluded from the mix, right? I don't really have any big things that need to be done in my life. And the answer to that is, that's not right. It's not correct. We all have a role to play when it comes to missions. We all have a very important role to play because as God shares his heart with us for missions and God gives us the command to go, it's not his desire, it's not his best wish, but it is in fact his commandment that we be missionaries. So then what is my role in this? Well, you see on your study guide that there are three listed for you. You're going to have a place to write three, but you're actually going to need a place for four because I've added a fourth one. And uh, I think that if you just write a D down at the bottom, you'll be able to catch up. I'm going to add the second one in, so the second one won't be on the screens. You just have to listen very carefully. It's very, very difficult. To, it's one little word. You can handle this, okay? So get ready. All right, so what's my role? Number one, letter A, is to go. Is to go. Van, in talking to us last week, dealt with this. And so I'm not going to go into it a whole lot uh, on an on a individual basis, but there are a couple of things I want to talk about. I think that we ought to be willing and then actually step out to go on short-term mission trips. So number one under this, short-term mission trips. We ought to be willing to go on short-term mission trips. We just had a group come back from Guatemala where I'm telling you what, I'm so excited about the work they did. They, through their, through their efforts, through their service, through their testimony, was very much a reflection of the goodness of God and the message of Jesus Christ. But not only that, then in their kids' club, their Bible study type elements, they shared Jesus Christ outwardly with the children who were there and the many adults who would stand around and listen. And so the message of Jesus Christ went forth into Guatemala because we had a group of people dedicated enough to Christ to go and share Jesus Christ. Next year, you're going to have opportunities, three opportunities. One in Uganda, one in Haiti, one in uh, Panama to go and serve God on short-term mission trips. 
And I wish that you would surrender yourself to God. Let me tell you something. The right mission trip will change your life. It'll literally change your life. You go on a short-term mission trip with us, and you will see God do things that you never thought possible, that you never thought you could do. You'll see God work through you, and it will change your life. And so I wish that you would start planning right now. Okay, I'm going to be listening, and when more details come as to the dates and the cost, I'm going to start planning as early as I can to be on that trip. Because I want to be part of the group that goes to share the glory of God with other people. Short-term mission trips will make an impact on you. I promise you that. But not only should we be willing to go on short-term trips, I think we ought to be willing to go on long-term trips as well as career missionaries. There are nine families out of our church who are serving God as career missionaries. What a blessing that is. The people just said, you know what, God, this really wasn't in my plans, but since it's in yours, I surrender myself to whatever you want. And I'm willing to go do whatever you want me to do. We have some that are serving God locally. We have other members of our church who are serving God in other parts of the world because they simply surrendered themselves to God. I can't help but believe that if we were actually listening, if we were paying attention to what God wanted, that he may be directing some of the rest of us to that direction as well. He may be leading some of the rest of us to say, you know what, God you put a burden on my heart for this country or for these people, and I, I can't seem to shake it. And so I'm going to start pursuing that and see where it takes me. And we give ourselves to do what God wants us to do. Well, you know what? The matter of missions is, is involved very clearly in short-term and long-term mission trips. But there's one more area that sometimes is overlooked, and this is the part that Van dealt with last week. And that is right here at home. Right here at home. When we talk about going, we ought to be willing to go to our families, to our neighbors, to our co-workers, our co-students, the people in the community. We ought to be willing to go and share the message of Jesus Christ to, to spread the glory of God in this community. How hypocritical it is of us. To, to tell missionaries, we want you to go to, to, um, to Colombia, South America. We want you to go to Venezuela, to these very dangerous areas. And we want you to go there to, to spread the glory of God by sharing the message of Jesus Christ. But we're not going to do it back here. How hypocritical that is. And since the commandment not only applies to our missionaries, it also applies to us, then we have a responsibility as well, don't we? We have a responsibility to tell people about the glorious Savior, Jesus Christ. And we ought to be willing, but not only willing, we ought to do it. We ought to do it. So letter A, we need to go. Letter B, this is the one we're going to add now. It won't be on the screens. But we need to encourage. We need to encourage. You know, what an important role this church has played through the years in the lives of our missionaries. 
as we not only have supported them, but we've also encouraged them. I got a letter from a missionary back in 2015, and and this past week, uh, I think for the very purpose of our discussion this morning, I unearthed that letter. Now, typically, I don't I don't hang on to things like that. I keep them for a while, uh, and I reread them maybe if they're very encouraging. But then because of the number of things that I get coming across my desk, I usually discard them. Because if not, I'll have piles and piles and piles in my office, and I'll never find anything. And so I usually discard. But for some reason, I'd kept this letter from one of our missionary families, David and Sarah Booth. They're serving God in Portugal. And I, as I read that letter, three pages Sarah wrote regarding her time here at Mile Straight, one of the, the biggest things she kept saying was, we came in so heavy and we came in so discouraged, but Mile Straight revived us, encouraged us, and sent us away once again ready to do the work of God. What a blessing to me. I I wrote her a letter, and I said, I just want you to know that you not only encouraged me in 2015 with your letter, but you just got through doing it again. You just got through doing it again. We got a twofer out of that deal. If you're not from the South, you don't understand that terminology, but uh, what a blessing to get to be part of encouraging missionaries. You know, we can do that in a lot of ways. One way that I would like to engage you with this morning is just the thought of of getting to know the missionary. Picking out one missionary family. If you would just, as an individual or as a family, pick out a missionary for you. And you write them. Don't bombard them. Don't write them every day, three times a day. You know, man, they're busy too. They've got work to do. Please don't do that. Don't stop the work so that they can carry on an all-day discussion with you. But write them once a month and encourage them. Tell them how thankful we are as a church to get to partner with them. Let them know that you're going to be praying for them. And ask them, how can I pray for you specifically? What's going on in your family? What's going on in your ministry? I think it would be great if you would, if you're in a Sunday school class, pick out one of the missionaries that's, that's supported by your class. So that then, after you get that information of how to pray for them, what's going on in their ministry, then you can take it back to your class and say, hey, guess what? I talked to our missionary today, and, and here's what's happening. Here's how we need to be praying for them. What a blessing that would be. Now, if you don't have a Sunday school class, first of all, let me encourage you to get involved in one. Come and see me or one of our other pastors after church, and we'll direct you to a class that I think you'll fall in love with. But if you're not involved in a class, then then you can come and see me about that as well, and, and I'll help you find a missionary, one of our missionaries that come out of our church family, and you can pray for them and contact them and get information about what's going on. You see, all of this is designed to encourage the missionary. But in the process, we also grow a deeper heart for missions as well. Now, one final thought about this. I think it would be good if you're in a Sunday school class to talk to the other people in your class and find out if someone else has already picked that missionary. 
If they have, then either, either coordinate with them to where you're taking one month and they take the next, or you pick a different missionary, okay? Just think through that because we don't want to be a burden to our missionary. In trying to encourage them, we don't want to be a burden to them, right? And so work together with your class. Let's work to bring encouragement and support to our missionaries. Well, letter C kind of ties in with letter B. And that is not only we go, we encourage, but we pray. We pray. How important this is. Uh, I was talking with uh, Gary Bidney about our trip to Haiti next year. He's been there many times. And one of the things he says, when you go to that country, it is very much under demonic control. And so when you're in that country, you need people back here praying for you. Our missionaries who are there. Our missionaries who are in Venezuela, Colombia, Central South America, uh, parts of Europe and, and other places around the world that are dealing with just extreme demonic oppression. They need us back home praying for them. They need us back home on our knees praying, God, would you protect them? Would you strengthen them? Would you encourage them? God, would you, would you meet their needs? Is they're facing these times of life that, that can get so hairy and so difficult, would you just wrap your arms around them? Let them feel that as they're there serving you. We need to be praying for our missionaries. Man, we need to take this very, very seriously. I'm so afraid that, that, well, when we mention a missionary in church, will we pray for them then? Or we may do it for a little while, but then we let it slip our minds. And, and hey, that's human nature, right? But we've got to move beyond human nature to godly nature. We've got to get to the place to where this is so important for us because it's not just them going and doing what God's called them to do. They're going to do what God's called us to do. This is our responsibility as a church. We partner with missionaries to fulfill what God has commanded us to do, to go into other parts of the world, parts that we may never go to ourselves. And so we've got to be on our knees. We've got to pray for our missionaries and hold them up before God. It's an important role that we play in missions. Well, there's one more thought that needs to be included here, and that is the matter of giving. We give. So my role as part of missions at Mile Strait is that I'm going to go, I'm going to encourage, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to give. I'm going to give. Now, for, for many, uh, this may be a new concept for you, so please just let me walk you through it. As I said earlier, the way we do mission giving primarily is through our Sunday school. Every week, there ought to be an opportunity for you to give to missions in your Sunday school. For, for some classes, this may be news to you because uh, your teacher has come in uh, recently and just isn't aware of it. And that's my fault. For others, it's going to be a reminder for your teacher. Hey, yeah, that's something I need to do. If it's not happening in your class, then go and talk to your teacher. Say, hey, you know, it's something we've let slip. How can I help you get this going again? 
It may be that you can play a significant role to take a little weight off your teacher. I'm telling you what, when you've got to remember so much to do in a single hour, it's tough. It's tough. So maybe you could take some weight off your teacher so that, so that you could handle a, a few moments of talking about your mission. Hey, by the way, here's another one of our missionaries we support. Let's be praying for this one this week and let's receive our offering so that you keep it before your class. Hey, listen, this is the heartbeat of our church. Missions is the heartbeat of Miles Strait. It has been for years. I believe one of the reasons God has blessed our church so greatly is because we have engaged missions so emphatically. And we can't stop. We can't let down. We've got to continue the process of giving. So you can give in your Sunday school class. You can also give here in the auditorium. You'll have envelopes in the book racks, and there's a place for you to write down an amount for missions. If you want to give in here, that's perfectly fine. But be involved. Be involved. You know, you might also ask, well, with this, this being God's plan, and there's a plan not only for our church collectively, but for me as an individual. As I look at this, I see there's a whole lot of moving parts. Are there any problems with what's happening with Miles Strait's mission program? And the truth is, you know, anytime we're involved with God, there's a human element involved, we're fallible, we have problems, we're sinful people. Yes, there's going to be issues. And I really think, though, that we could summarize the problems with our ministry of missions by saying this, not everyone is fulfilling their role. Not everyone. A lot of people are. A lot of people are going. A lot of people are encouraging. A lot of people are praying. A lot of people are giving. But not everyone. And therefore, we're limited. We're limited. As a church this size, man, we ought to be doing so much more than we're doing. We ought to be spreading the fame of Jesus Christ and the glory of God in ways that spin most people's heads. But not everyone is involved. Not everyone is going. Not everyone is encouraging. Not everyone is praying. Not everyone is giving. And so I want to encourage you to step up. Submit yourself to God. Say, God, here's my role. I've got a role to play, and I'm going to take that role seriously. Would you be involved in missions? You know, I thought about how to bring this particular segment of our service to a conclusion. And the only way I can think is appropriate is just to give us time to talk to God. So what do you do with this information? You know, if, if, if you are one that is already actively involved fulfilling your role, then I would think that what you would do with this information is just say, God, keep me faithful. Keep me faithful. And God... Continue to open the hearts of those in our church so that we're all doing this. Yes, it's a collective thing. Yes, it's something that the leadership of our church is to do. But even more than that, it's something that every person who's part of this church family is supposed to do. 
So God, make us all willing so that we can spread the fame and glory of you and your son throughout the world in ways that we never thought possible. Put it on our hearts. For those of us who may not be involved in one or all of the roles that we have to play, that you would just take a moment and say, God, I'm sorry. I either didn't know about it or I didn't know about it and I've just let these things slide. Forgive me. Today I submit myself to becoming active in your work. For those who do not have a relationship with Christ, then, then let me ask you to do something a little different. As I ask everybody to bow their heads in just a minute and close their eyes and just spend time with God personally, then I'm going to invite you to do something else, and that's just make your way up to see me. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, but you'd like to find out more about what that means, and I'm not asking you to join anything or give anything, I just simply want to share who Jesus Christ with you and what God's plan of salvation is all about. So if you'd like to know more about that, then while everybody else has their heads bowed and their eyes closed, would you just get up and make your way to the aisle that's closest to you and just meet me here at the front? Would you do that? I know it's going to be hard, but you will not regret making that decision.